Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and if you're listening on the Grace FM radio network, you're hearing this live. Of course, those of you joining us on the Hope FM or the Truth FM radio network or various FM stations around the country, we welcome you. Uh, We know that you'll be hearing this one week delayed, but we're also producing these programs for our podcast, and we are making them available on our app. So if you go to your app store and search Ed Taylor, the Calvary Church of Colorado app is there. We're posting these discussions on the topic of race and racial tension, and we've received quite a bit of feedback from these programs, so thank you. Uh, we've received positive feedback, and we've also received negative feedback, and and I think that uh, any feedback is is valuable, uh, even though some of uh, what's been written hasn't been written in the right spirit or hasn't been nice. Um, the feedback is good. That means you're listening, and you're being challenged by what's being said. And I received a call and a note today from a gentleman that wanted to know if we're changing the format of Calvary Live, and the answer is yes and no. Uh, The answer is yes, we want to talk about these things during this time. So we have changed the days that I'm hosting uh, to invite uh, very good friends of mine, black pastors, to talk about the issues at hand. Uh, It is important to talk about these issues at hand, and my thought and my question to those wondering about, well, what about Bible questions, and what about the way we used to do things? Let me let me put it. Let, let me uh, lay before you, even you know, as you guys podcasting, you're like, man, this sounds like a radio program. It is, uh, but it's also a conversation. And for those listening on the radio right now, the, where else will you hear the biblical perspective, specifically, uh, not only on the topic, but from the perspective of a black pastor? Where will you hear that? Uh, And where are you hearing that? Maybe there's an outlet that you have that we don't know about yet, but I know that God has entrusted to us here at Calvary Church this radio station, this program, and he's entrusted to us the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel is able to speak to the goodness of God, the cross of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, is able to speak to even the most horrendous issues of life. And if there is a horrendous issue in life, it is racism. And and let me just, let me introduce, I've got a few things to say, but I don't, you, you, I don't want to hear me. I want to hear today's guest. So today's guest uh, is a good friend of mine. He has uh, reached out to me from the very beginning of when we moved to Colorado. Uh, Pastor Al Pittman was born in Florida. His dad was a career soldier, um, and they ended up moving to Colorado Springs as 
Howe realized a call on his life, began serving in the music ministry as a bass guitarist. Let me just say, if you haven't heard Pastor Al sing, you need to. Uh, the man has an anointed voice, and he met Norma. They were married in 1975. Uh, he went on staff, Calvary Chapel, Colorado Springs. He ministered in outreach con- uh, concerts, pastoral duties. He went on staff with Pastor Skip Heitzig in 1991 in Albuquerque, came back to Colorado in 97, uh, began to worship, or began to lead at Calvary Chapel. Let me get it right. He began to lead at Calvary Worship Center. Alan Norma are the proud parents of three kids, Renee, Nathan, and Reggie, uh, proud grandparents. And of course, you guys hear Pastor Al here on Grace FM Daily, as he's been on from the beginning of Grace FM. So with all that, Pastor Al, welcome to the program. Are you with us, Al? I don't hear him, Kevin. All right. We want to start over and say, welcome, Al. There you are. All right. (laughs) I don't have control (laughs) of the buttons today. Um, welcome. Well, it's good to be here with you. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I know that, uh, I know that we really wanted you, uh, to come yesterday so you could be a part of the church service, but I am grateful that you're in, you're, you are investing your time today, um, with us. Well, it's, it's an honor to be here, man. And, uh, Sorry I couldn't make it yesterday, but uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be here with you today and look forward to what God's going to do. Yes, yes. So let, let's just start right at, at the heart of the matter of personally, and and what, what concerns me most right now is how are you and Norma doing personally as all of this is stirred up around you, and how are you guys doing personally? We're doing we're doing well. I mean, you know, the, the the key for us is to keep our eyes on the Lord. That's that's the main thing. And uh we know that Christ is still king in the chaos and so the storm's raging but he controls the wind and the waves and uh and beckons us to get out of the boat and to walk on the water with him, but it's scary sometimes. You know, you see the wind and waves and and uh but God is is really helping us through this and uh uh, you know, so we, we, we have a peace. I mean, it's a peace that comes from him. And we're just praying for our nation and praying for uh, your leadership and, uh, you know, for his church. Yeah. Does, does, does this stir up anything personal in your life? Like, have you had to face anything on a personal level that, that has shown up that maybe uh, you haven't had to deal with in a while? Uh, on a personal level, really, um, as far as the whole uh, racism issue, um, yes. it, it really hasn't it really stirred up anything new. I mean, I know it's, it's always been out there, and it's always going to be with us, unfortunately, because, you know, men are sinners. And uh, uh, until the Prince of Peace returns back to this earth, man, it's, it's always going to be uh, some element of racism, you know, and, and you know, in every ethnicity. Um, but yeah, I, I've faced racism in my in my past. I've I've seen racism in the church, and uh, you know, because you know, man's heart is evil. The Bible says, uh, you know, that our hearts are desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know them, and uh, who can know their heart? And uh, that's that's the heart of man. But yet, despite that, 
God still loves us, and he sent his son to die for us, and that's, well, that's where my hope is. And that's the key, you know, because I, I think the, the, the reality of the, the tensions that seem to ebb and flow, you know, when they come to a, a high level like now, uh, it, the, the message, messages tend to get hijacked. You know, they get to, um, right, everybody has right, opinion right. here and ideology there. And how, right. how, how do you, how do you step into the pulpit? How have you been stepping into the pulpit over the last couple of weeks, um, addressing this with your church family? Well, I, I, I've done it uh, by keeping them in the Word and and by addressing, you know, it, it, as you, know, you study through the Word, as you well know, you know, there's application, and, and sometimes, you know, using application of the Word, uh, we're going through the book of Acts right now, and just, you know, from the Word of God, just applying it to where we are now and to where, where, wherever I can apply it, you know, not taking things out of context, but uh, I, I, I've done that quite a bit, just, uh, you know, hey, this is how this kind of looks today, and uh, sharing from that perspective um, from, from the Word. But my, my, my goal is, I think any, any pastor, you know, that really cares what the sheep is, keep feeding them. And what do we feed them? We don't feed them the issues. We feed them the Word of God. We deal with the issues, but in context, uh, of God's within the context of God's word and, and biblical answers uh, for our time. So I, I've just been keeping people in the word, and, and I think that's the main thing is, is pastors that keep our focus, keep the main thing, the main thing, as they say, and uh, keep your people in the word of God. From from uh, from your perspective, what what is it that what is it, it when we do? Because we 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 definitely feed our people the word of God. Uh, and there is this, there there is this overarching um, uh, word to say, hey, look, you know what? We just when we face these crises, whatever it might be, but this particular crisis, you know, just teach them the word, teach them a word. But is there a need to frame for our church? Do do we? How do we approach in framing for our church how the word of God? addresses this so we're you know we're going to like if a like when i think of feeding the flock i think of i've got to feed them the right diet what does the holy spirit want in this time in this place for this uh moment um have you have you found that the questions coming in or because i know at times let's go back to i I know at times that you've spoken out on issues uh, and you've taken a strong biblical stand it it hasn't been an opinionated stand uh you've uh, taken strong biblical stand on issues in the past and received yeah. some really uh difficult feedback you know people yeah. responding yeah. and saying oh, i don't believe that i don't think that belongs here and on and on that list goes right. um how yeah. how has that affected you when you take and say well this week we're going to be in the book of acts but but let's we know what's going on in the world today how do you approach that to equip your uh, to equip the church to make a difference during this time? I just simply uh, for me, and I know uh, there are a lot better pastors out there, <laughs> a lot better teachers. Uh, but for me, I, I just I go through the word, and, and the Holy Spirit just gives me application. Uh, how do we apply that? You know, uh, what, you know, how does that relate to where we are today? And I I pull in those applications to the word so that people can't say, well, he's on a soapbox and he's just that's just kind of his his uh, you know. 
uh, a deal that he he's concerned with. Uh, I do it in the uh, way in the context of the word, and I just I bring in an application uh, that how does this apply? I mean, we're we're in a situation today where where people are hating each other. Uh, what should be our kingdom response? And there's you know it doesn't matter where you are in the and I think in scripture you can always bring in application that relates uh, to uh, our time. And uh, I try to keep people to say, okay, this is, you know, I mean, it's like, well, what would Jesus do? What does the Word of God say? Because, you know, there was racism, and there was all these other things going on uh, in the time of Christ. And I'm sure he had people who were probably, you know, uh, maybe going around saying, hey, you know, aren't you going to do something for the Jewish people? And when are you going to overthrow the Romans? And yet he kept the main thing, the main thing. The main thing was, like he said, my meat, my food, is to do my Father's will. And God's will is not necessarily what the issues are for the day. And so uh, you can, Jesus, I think, spoke to those issues because, you know, but he stayed focused on God's will. You know, it's kind of a, uh, it's not a tricky thing. It's just something that we, I think we need to do uh, as, as, as believers today is that we know what the issue is, but, but let's not lose the main focus, which is Christ, in the issue. What do you tell somebody, Al? I was so, so I'm going to put you in a in my office recently. I had someone in my office. We were discussing this whole topic, and and he looked at me and he told me, uh, "I don't believe there's any such thing as systemic racism in our culture today." What what would you say to that? Well, I, I think you get into opinion. It is based a lot on on everybody's experience. Um, uh, I can make a case for systemic racism. Uh, I could probably make a case for for saying that there isn't systemic racism. Um, I, I I think you know to me whether it's systemic racism or not, what it boils down to is is how should you respond as a believer? Does systemic racism limit me as a believer in Christ? The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, there may be systemic racism, um, but there was systemic racism, you know, uh, in Nazi Germany against the Jews. Yes. Um, yet we see the Lord fulfill his purpose and his will even through that horrific uh, event. And there's systemic racism, I think, probably in people's hearts. Uh, but how I can't know another man's heart, but I can know my heart. And I, like David said, Lord, search my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I, I love the response of the the disciples on the night when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, and he said, "One of you going to betray me?" And to, to the man, uh, to every man, uh, each one of them said, "Lord, is it I?" You know. And I think we have to ask that question today: Is it I? Is there systemic racism in me? Then I need to repent of that. I don't need yes. to be a part of the problem. But but whether it's systemic racism or not. It doesn't limit the power of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, not by might or power, but by His Spirit. You know, uh, no weapon formed against me, even systemic racism, will prosper. I have to believe that as a believer. Now, the world is kind of a different deal. People in the world look at things differently. But if I'm in the kingdom, man, I can't say, well, there's systemic racism out there, so it limits me. No, it doesn't, you know, because I, because I can do all things through Christ. And so I would, I would direct people back toward faith. How are you, how are you living, bro? You know, where's your faith? Is your faith in systemic racism, how white people treat you, or is your faith in the Word of God? Yeah, I think a new, a, it's not a new phrase, but it's become popular uh, during this particular in the last couple of weeks from a gospel perspective, and uh, the, the phrase has been uh, used a lot. I've, I've, I've used it as well, that, that everyone is, is 
is an image bearer, you know, that God has created us in his image and right. we are his image bearers and and we we need to remember the value that God has placed upon every man, woman, and child, uh, no matter where exactly. they were born, what country, the color of their skin, right. that we're image bearers. Um, I, I don't know that I've used that. I don't know. I, I think I've lived that way, but I don't know that I've used that phrase as much as I have in the last couple of weeks to remind people that there is a right. greater value that on a person's life, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can't forget that God is using even this crisis as a right. bi- bridge building for the gospel. Yeah. yeah. God, God so loved the world, period, in the story. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's everybody, and everybody's of value. Sinner, saint, doesn't matter. Uh, Jesus valued people. That's why they were drawn to him. He had compassion for people. And there are people out there that are genuinely hurting, people who've been, who who've, uh, are suffering under, you know, racist oppression, uh, or yes. they feel that. And uh, that's that's the world, and we can't ignore that, uh, yeah. and we have to address that. And I think the gospel is the way that we address that, because only the Lord can change change hearts. But we don't discount the fact that people are actually really hurting out there. That's important. Uh, but the answer is not more violence or more right. or or you know getting even. The answer is Christ. Uh, that's our message. Once my message becomes something else, you know, if I can get. You know, I even heard uh, a TV anchor uh, say uh, a couple weeks ago, he said, you know, basically he was fishing for the answer, but, you know, he was asking another guy, and he said, well, what's the, what's the, the one ethnicity that's really the cause of all these problems? And the other anchor answered, uh, white people. And, you know, so he was basically saying that white people are the problem. But my, my thing is that, you know, it's sin is the problem. It's not the skin. It's the sin. Because we get, if every white person behaved accordingly and, and was, corrected their behavior, we'd still be going to hell. The gospel of Jesus Christ has got to be our central message for the entire world. Is the pain real? Yes. Have I been, you know, I've been called the N-word on the streets of Colorado Springs multiple times uh, growing up here. And so, you know, it's a reality, but it doesn't define me. Christ yeah. defines me. And is that is that an area? Uh, it's like anything. Is that an area for you that you continually go back to? Like, like I've been I've been talking to a lot of our mutual friends, Bill Buffington. I had John Moreland here. Yeah. He's a pastor up here in Denver, and and there's been a there's there's been a a, a consistent theme of different levels of anger, frustration, uh, really wrestling with uh, memories and thoughts and and past right. experiences. Uh, right. Is that something, because you just mentioned just growing up on Colorado, you know, growing up in Colorado yeah. Springs and being called vile names, like, that, are you finding that those memories are coming up and you're you're just coming back to the cross more often? Is that something that's happening more often for you? Or um, uh, To be honest, Ed, uh, no. Um, I, I realize that racism, you know, I grew up, you know, during the civil rights era, you know, uh, I've been around for a while. This is not new. Yeah. It uh, doesn't mean that we shouldn't do anything about it. But I'm a new creation in Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. Now, do we believe God's Word or not? And uh, I believe those things He died for. Now, I get haunted by the past like anybody else. But I can't let the past define me. My future defines me because I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> uh, my hope is in Jesus Christ. 
Uh, and so I, I don't I want to let those things define me. Now they try to define me because the devil's always, you know, trying to get in and and uh, you know stir up stuff and strife and envy. That's of the enemy. Uh, but I have to give those things to Jesus, cast my care upon Him because He cares for me. Uh, but I don't let those things def- define me. I, I, you know, I mean, I can watch a movie and become a little emotional and and all about you know the way black people were treated and in the past and the way they're treated even today sometimes. Uh, but I can't I can't have anger and hatred in my heart and say I love Jesus. The Bible says God is love, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that does not love does not know God. There is no justification for the hatred in my heart. If I say I know Jesus Christ, uh, because he he hung from a cross, he hung from a cross. Talking about someone who should have been upset, <laughs> and he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Stephen being stoned to death, rock hitting him in the head, saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father and said, "Do not lay this sin to their charge." See that you can't, you know, to love those who love you. Is, is Jesus is no big deal, but to love those who hate you, now you're being like your daddy in heaven. Am I in the kingdom of God, or am I in the kingdom of the world? I'm going to let the kingdom of God define me, or I'm going to let the world define me. And that, that's the real battle, isn't it? We're walking in the spirit, or we're walking in the flesh. Uh, we are, exactly. We're walking under the, under the authority of God and experiencing his forgiveness, because I know that in in light of in light of all this, I just began to think about my own life, and I began to think about uh, one of the things I learned about uh, one of my friends, Bill, is that uh, we were both alive uh, during the Rodney King riots. We we're both in Southern California, uh, and right. I don't think I was saved yet, and and Bill wasn't saved yet either. And one of the things I learned with Bill was that he was a rioter. Uh, he was mad. Yeah. He was upset. And when the when when the situation ended with the trial and they were and the officers were acquitted, he went out. He went out and rioted with everyone else. And here we are, twenty plus years later. He's pastoring a vibrant church. He's got a voice for the kingdom of God. God reached him. The gospel penetrated his wow. heart. And you know. And so I begin to th- I, I I begin to think about, hey, you know, who am I? What does God save me from? Um, it's easy to it's easy to point the finger uh, and be upset with all the sin that we see in the world and how it's right. you know even be be upset with the sinners but that's but but there by by right. the grace of God go I um right and you know, I was George Floyd what happened to him regardless of what how he was living or anything else was 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 horrific it, you know it was against law it was against humanity it violated sanctity of life you need to respect all life and uh so that that's you know that's we should people should be outraged, and there's room for peaceful protests and all that. But uh, you know, to to go, you know, uh, to the point of violence and violence begetting violence. I mean, it's just no. It's like a dog chasing its tail. There's just no end to it. There's no. Doesn't make any sense. And so, what is the real response? You know, I think. I think sometimes people are out in the streets and they're and they're they're breaking stuff and they're mad or whatever or they're taking advantage of the riots to, to accomplish their own selfish agendas, and and sometimes just being out there yelling about something makes you feel like, hey, you know, I, I, there, there's some sense of uh, of redemption in what I'm doing, but but it's not. There's no redemption in violence begetting violence. The Bible says that the the, the arm of man uh, does not or the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. So what are we doing? I think people are out there because they're looking for 
justice. They're looking, but they're really looking for salvation. I think a lot of people, you know, not not I'm not talking about the peaceful protests, but those who are out there right. breaking windows and all this. And and I think of the words of Jesus when he said, "Let he who is without sin cast the first stone." I mean, by right. When we look at ourselves in the light of God, we should all drop our, our rocks and go home and say, you know what, just like those men did when they, the woman caught in adultery, you know, they dropped their rocks and they, went, they left when Jesus said, hey, you know, if you don't have any sin, cast the first stone. Who can really cast the first stone? None of us are righteous enough to accomplish what we're, we're seeking after. The only righteousness that, that there is is that which is found in Christ. And so, you know, he who is without sin, cast the first stone. There are black people who are racist, there are white people who are racist, Latinos that are racist, Asians who are racist. People, it's, a, it's an issue of the heart, and only God can change the heart. And I think if we, I, I, I'm, what I'm hearing you say, and I, I would come alongside as a pastor, like if we lose sight of the cross as leaders of the church, if we lose sight of the gospel and motivating our church to obey God in the, in the God-given responsibility to live out the gospel. I shared that a little bit in our study last night. Like we are the salt and the light. That is that is the mandate from Jesus. You are the salt and the light of the of the world. In the world. And and I I, I read it from the New Living Translation last night and it really shocked me. Like it kind of sh- stirred me where it says, you know, if you if you lose your saltiness, uh, you right. just get thrown out and walked over. And the saltiness exactly. what what gives us flavor is the the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the flavor of the believer. Absolutely. And absolutely, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that's you know the world ought to be able to look at the church, and this is where we fail many times. They'll be able to look at the church and to say, oh, that's what love looks like. That's what unity looks like. That's what forgiveness looks like. And a lot of times, the church has been guilty. I mean, again, there, there, there's racism in some churches. And uh, we need to be light. We need to be the directional arrow pointing people to Christ. But if we don't, if our, if our message is not the gospel, we have no message. If our message is, you know, getting, you know, just reconciliation being between whites and blacks without transformed hearts through the gospel of Jesus Christ, people are still going to hell. So, so you know, the gospel is our message lest we find ourselves preaching another gospel, you see. And there's always temptations on that. Uh, there's yeah. always a temptation yeah. to change the message a little bit, just to shift it a little bit, because we yeah. we know the power of the gospel, and every pastor's tempted with this. It doesn't matter what the issue of the day is, that the, the right. gospel is so powerful that if we're not careful, we'll water it down, we'll, we'll talk around it, we'll... You know, even as then Jesus Day, the Pharisees they use it for their own. They were teaching what were they? What was that? They were teaching uh, as uh, doctrines of men as the commandments of God, and right? It, probably to fit the issues of their day, and yes. and uh, that's why it's so important for us to stay in that word and, and stay in the gospel. Because if we're letting the issues form our gospel, then then we you know it should be the, the gospel. You know, uh, really. Uh, uh, speaking to the issues of our day, we shouldn't let the issues, you know, di- dictate dictate to us how we're going to share the word of God, you know. And I think that's a danger. A lot of pastors, this is one I wrestle with, because you know, there's things I want to talk about. It's a hot topic for me, but God says, no, keep them in my word, 
because I don't want to be guilty of preaching another gospel. Because we can, you, know, right. you can get your right, the right person elected. You can get, you know, your political party in power, and you can do all these other things. But people are still going to hell without Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. what message should I be spending my time preaching and declaring in this age when people are with so with, are so hopeless? It's yeah. the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, racial reconciliation begins. When, when people come to Christ and their hearts are changed, he breaks down the middle wall of separation, and only God can change the heart. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, we're coming up already. The first half of the program has come to an end. We're going to take a quick break. If you're just joining us, we have on the line with us Pastor Al Pittman at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. This is Calvary Live. We're, we're taking a few shows, and we're talking about Uh, the issues that are happening in our culture right now and how do we approach them biblically. Give us a call. We'll take your calls, 303-690-3000. If you have a question for Pastor Al, you have a response, we'd love to hear it. We're not going to take argumentative things, but we will take challenging things. We'll be right back. Calvary Life. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone listening on the radio, whatever station you might be listening in on. what You guys on the app, I notice we've got people from Ukraine. We have South Africa. We have quite a few around the world tuning in. So welcome, you guys. Uh, that are listening in around the world, uh, listening in up and down the front range. Many of you uh, here in Colorado are very familiar with Pastor Al Pittman's voice as he has been one of the uh, founding uh, pastors of Grace FM, and he's been on since we began, uh, even when we were only up here in the uh, up here uh, in Denver, but then we ex- we expanded down to the Springs. Pastor Al's been with us, and and we have uh, somebody. Someone's asked recently. Uh, if we've changed the format of Calvary Live, uh, then we're not going to do Bible questions anymore. And and as I answered in the first half of the program, the answer is yes and no. We have changed the format temporarily in the shows that I'm hosting because with the issue at hand that's taking all of the attention on the media, taking attention on social media, on every news program, it, I mean, it is so quickly eclipsed the COVID-19 crisis that we've been in for the last many months that... Um, we need to talk about it, and and we need to be, as a radio station dedicated to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to talk about this and listen and learn. And so we've had various guests last week and this week. I'm also working on some guests next week, um, uh, friends of mine, men that I trust, men that I would trust my life with, uh, trust our church with, that are black pastors giving us their perspective and we would do well to listen and to learn uh, and to grow that God would give us a um, give us insight how we can be most effective in our culture. So if you're just joining us, we have our, a guest today, uh, Pastor Al Pittman, uh, pastor of Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs. Uh, Al, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be with you. So let me ask this question for the second half, because I, I think that we as uh, we have a responsibility to interface with our culture. So, you know, as pastors, right. we're looking at the world, we see the world, we know what's going on, 
but but there is a sense where Jesus uh, walked among the people. He was in the culture, and I I know that we as believers have a responsibility. So let me ask a general question: what What are some ways for us to interface with the culture on this particular topic that would be most effective with the gospel? Like, how do we how do we <clears throat> go forward? What do we do? Yeah. Yeah, I you know I I think some of the frustration uh, sometimes that people feel for one thing, uh, this is this is an important issue because it, it's it's a sin issue, but uh, you know how do we address it is is you know is your question, and I I think that one of the most important things or one of the frustrations is that I think people are like waiting for a movement or somebody to step forward and there's this thing that sweeps across America and. Uh, of course, what I hope sweeps across America is revival and awakening for America to turn back to the Lord. Uh, but I think, you know, and it's probably too simplistic of an answer, but I really do believe that as the Lord has called us to be salt in the earth, that we're to be, as believers, in a salt shaker. That yeah. in my city, in your city, he, you know, believers come to your church, and, you know, they get fed the Word of God, and they should go out and do the work of the ministry. We should be different, not joining the uh, negative, carnal, bigoted, you know, racist dialogue out there. We should be a light on the job, whether it's in City Hall or corporate America or fire, firefighter, policeman, you know, uh, uh, emergency, emergency, EMT or whatever. Uh, we should be salt and light wherever God sends us, you know. And in the world, I think that's what he meant when he said, you're the salt of the earth. He didn't say you're salt block. You know, just if just come on Sunday and be salty. But when we leave this world, we go, uh, or the church, we go into our mission field. And wherever you are as a believer, you need to be salt. And if you're not salty enough, then, then you need to get into the Word. Because like you said earlier, if you lose your, your flavor, your seasoning, man, you're good for nothing but to be thrown out on the road and to be trampled on the feet of men. I don't think it's going to be a mass movement, you know, that's going to change America. I think it's going to be every individual believer in their assigned position, workplace, school, wherever they are, really standing up for Christ and, and, and loving their enemies and making a difference there. And I think collectively, that's what's going to change the nation. So I think, I, know, I, I think it goes back to the teaching of the Word and to really yes. going back to feeding God's people, not religion, not, not uh, you know, cotton candy, but giving them the whole counsel of God's Word, and then the leaving and going out and being effective, according to Ephesians 4, doing the work of the ministry. Because there is that natural response to a well-fed, well-taught, encouraged, well-cared-for flock. Uh, they naturally integrate into society and live out their Christian life, not in a perfect way, because none of us do that, but live out, and there's an, a manifestation of love, and there's there's patience. You know, um, we're going to take a call in a minute from the East Coast, but I, I was thinking about this, Al, and and see if you have a perspective. There, there, there are there are many believers. There are many even pastors that say, you know, I don't want to get involved. Uh, we're just going to preach the gospel to that. We're just going to teach the word to that. But, but at the same time, um, we don't just preach the gospel to sex trafficking. We just don't preach the gospel to the issues of abortion. We preach right. and act. Preach and act. What would you say about right. that thought? Like, what's the action as we teach and preach? Because that's our call and our mandate. What kind of actions on a practical? Like, what's the action of the church? 
I, I think well, one thing you know is, is is that I think teaching the word and, and the people going out being effective, but also being intentional uh, uh, in in uh, reaching out to people of uh, you know different colors uh, and not not just white to blacks, but blacks to white, and 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 demonstrating to the world that uh, you know that Jesus is alive. The Lord said, "Father, make them one that the world might believe that you sent the Son." And uh, I think sometimes the world doesn't believe our message because we can't even sit in the same room together. I think you have to be intentional about that. I think we have to listen. I think, you know, listen to, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians, I mean, uh, Philippians 2, consider others more, more highly than yourself. Esteem others more highly than yourself. Do we really esteem that? Have we really heard that guy's story, the other person's story? Do we really listen? And I think, it's, you know, all of that, you're listening and loving people. You know, uh, and 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 being compassionate uh, toward other other people, but you know, as a church, you know, uh, embracing uh, you know the other ethnicities and all, and and, and look maybe looking at our our materials, looking at what we're putting out there to people. Are we sending a subliminal message that says, hey, we're only here for white people, we're only here for black people? I think our, our even our materials, our website ought to look more inclusive, maybe, you know. I mean, looking at yeah. things like that, those are some practical things. But again, I think it's, I think it's going out and, and engaging folks, not being afraid, you know. Uh, perfect love casts out fear. And I think a lot of times we, we drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, and uh, we're afraid to reach out to that black brother or to that white person or whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, but if we're walking in love, you know, we'll be vulnerable, willing to be vulnerable for the cause and for the sake of Christ. So it, you've got to be intentional. It, it can't be like, you know, <laughs> it's a joke years ago, you know, the only time you saw a black guy in all white church was on Missionary Sunday or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> or Missionary Wednesday or whatever. Uh, no, we've got to be more intentional than that. Uh, we've got to develop relationships, engage other people, and, and again, listen. You know, slow to speak, quick to listen. Yeah, we have a lot to learn from each other, and we especially have a lot to learn as, as we approach this. And I don't think we this. listen sometimes, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think we do. I think we're learning. You know, I think that I've, I've been telling the church that we were born for this. This this is the culture we're alive in. This is the time that God has us. That This is, we, we, we weren't, you know, we, we aren't adults in the 50s. Uh, we weren't adults in the 60s. We're adults right now in the 2020, and we're the church right. of 2020. So how exactly. how how will we how will we respond to the manifestation of sin and how it's hurt one another? Like that's mm -hmm. the, the the pain and suffering that we're experiencing uh, is because right. of sin and people um, hurting people hurt people, and that's just a vicious cycle. That unless we surrender to the cross and see uh, the greatest right. price that was paid for us, it won't end. Yeah, and I, I and let me just say this: I, I can make suggestions, just things that I'm I'm considering myself for our our, okay. our fellowship, and things that we could do or be more involved in that type of thing. Uh, we don't want to change our message, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to change your method and and reaching people. But I think the most important thing, if I can go back to this, is, is prayer. Uh, I think every pastor, we we, we 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 I hate to put it this way, but owe it to God. To pray and say, "Oh God, what do you want me?" Like he said, "This is our, you know, we're we're born for such a time as this. Uh, we may not want to be here. We probably thought the rapture was going to be here by now, but we're here." And so pray and say, "God, what do you want?" Because I think God will give us the inspiration and the vision that we need to reach our generation today. We need to be that. We need to we. You know, there's a lot of needs. You know, we're talking a lot about a lot of action, but the whole I, I trust, even though. 
I feel ill-equipped in many ways to address some of the overarching cultural angst. I, I don't just feel it. I am ill-equipped. However, uh, as you mentioned in the first half of the program, that same, that same promise from God that says, I can do all things through Christ. He, he empowers me. He leads me. He helps me. And, and you, know, you might be listening and feeling overwhelmed with everything that's going on. And then you're thinking, well, racism is just one more thing that I don't know how to respond to. Or, or even some of those radical responses. I don't think it exists. It's not real. Or all of the ways that we try to sidestep the pressure uh, or the, the reality of the present day culture. But I want, you to, I want to remind you what Pastor Al had shared. And that is we can do all things through Christ Jesus. And we're not going to solve... Only the blood of Jesus Christ solves the world's problems. We're not going to solve every problem, but God has put us into people's lives. He's put us into neighborhoods. He's put us into workplaces. He's put us in the influence of of other people that the church, you know, and I think it's interesting that a lot of this is happening now uh, after the COVID, you know, mm-hmm. where we have been isolated yeah. in our houses and, and now yeah. just unleash into the culture. And it's like everybody needed to get out of the house and it's been all this pent up anger and then bam this injustice and now we're out but but as we're out we got to be intentional and don't forget that guys intentional with the love of god remembering what he's done in our life and and it's it's something that there's action required even if it's not the same action for everyone Uh, let's go let's let's go to the phone lines we've got bill uh bill is in maryland and hey bill welcome to the program Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, Bill, I just want to let you know that the program you're listening to right now uh, is is from last week. So we've got a different guest okay. on the air live. So we can take that call generally, but the person that you're listening to on the radio isn't the one that we're interviewing right now. So um, let's go ahead and go with your question and see how it goes. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I was just remarking, you're one of the first pastors, the people in the air I've heard, really address this issue. Honestly, um, mm. and as I called in, I said there's a there's a few few vantage points. Number one, yes. this is America's original sin, which we have not repented from, and people still have don't, don't want to repent from. So that's that's number one and where it starts. Number two is you said you were ill-equipped. You're not ill-equipped. You're very equipped to deal with things. What it is, it depends upon the truth, accountability. And transparency, and I think what a lot of people are afraid to do is they're afraid to confront their neighbors, their relatives, their friends, their associates, because they'll be ostracized. And no one wants to be ostracized, but the truth stands alone. It stands above everything. Truth pressed down to the ground will rise. People don't want to deal with that. And again, with not dealing with the history of how things happened, not addressing how things happened, ignoring how things happened, it doesn't go away. This is just, it's, it's pressed down beneath the surface and it's going to always bubble up and, and spill over. And again, as a man of color, I won't say that I won't deal with anybody else because that's, and as a Christian, that's just not what to do. But also understand as a man of color, I've seen this in 58 years. I've seen this repeatedly. So this is not new. And unfortunately, some of our white brothers and sisters don't have a clue. They're not willing to be open and not willing to understand. They take a position of, of, of indignance and defiance when they need to they need to understand the truth and by not accepting the truth what you've done is you said just like Cain why am I my brother's keeper and you walk away the truth has to be dealt with the truth has to be acknowledged 
and it has to be in your face. It's hard, it's yeah. painful, but it is what it is. Well, thanks for your comments, Bill. Did, do you have a question? Like, is there anything you'd like to ask of Pastor Al at all? No, I, I just wanted to make a question. Again, I appreciate you for bringing this up, because, again, you are one of, if only two ministers I've heard talk about this on the air. Two. Hmm. Well, I count it a privilege uh, to, to have these conversations and to learn and to, to want to— I truly, I truly desire to see the gospel of Jesus Christ penetrate the hearts, because— that is the answer to this sin issue. Thank you, Bill, for calling. Amen. Wow, you that know, was that was great. It's interesting that, uh, that that from that from that uh, brother's perspective, his he's like right. you know I'm listening. What I hear him saying is I'm listening, but I don't hear a lot of people talking. Uh, I don't hear this topic, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think it's yeah. it's it's our responsibility. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, you know, he, 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 he's right on, and it's like uh, a lot of our uh, white brothers uh, just kind of, well, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's not, you know, I'm not my brother's keeper kind of a thing, and and want to just walk away from it. I, I think, I think, uh, you know, there there's some uh, culpability here, some some uh, there's some responsibility here on both sides, but yeah, there has been this atrocity that's committed in, in America. Um, I heard a gentleman talking about this the other day, but we don't we don't want to, uh, 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 I guess, have have a an atmosphere where there's transferred guilt. In other words, I'm going to blame Ed for what you know your great 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 grandfather did, you know, because that's not you. That's what he did. And the Bible says a time would come when, you know, uh, as they used to say, you know, the the the, the father's sin and. The, Children's teeth are set on edge. That's an old Hebrew saying, uh, which means that the children are going to pay for the sins of the father. That's not the gospel. The Bible says that a time will come when everyone will be accountable for their own sin. So I can't hold you accountable for something that happened 400 years ago. Uh, at the same time, I can acknowledge, you know, that the fact that there are atrocities and things that happen that we can't ignore that has become a part of our, our culture. And, uh, you know, so there needs to be an acknowledgement of that. And I think there needs to be an, an at, at atmosphere or an attitude of, of inclusion. Uh, again, speaking to the church, I can't go out here to, to the world and tell them this, but this, this would also apply to the world. But there needs to be uh, some inclusion also, you know, when there's a conference that there are people of color that are invited to speak and things like that, so that yes. you, you're demonstrating to the world in a visual way, you know, that there's there's unity in Christ. So, you know, I think it's another way to, to address some of these uh, ills or hurts from the past. And they are real hurts. You know, I, I shared with our church this, uh, I just felt like I needed, uh, I don't feel like it, I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to share this weekend uh, to speak to the issues so that our church knew the direction that he was that the Holy Spirit's leading us and I, I this is a this is a quote from my notes it's a, I, I, wrote, I said this and and give me your feedback if if this is if, if this is something that you see as accurate I, I said this for most racism is not just a term for them or a political construct it's pain it's the looks it's how they were treated it opens up old wounds and fears and real life stings. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, yes, it is. But but what's 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 happening 
today, and we have to be careful of not to fall into this trap. I think it's a trap, and that is allowing my feelings uh, to to dictate to me how I should respond to other people. Right. In other words, uh, uh, as I heard a well-known speaker talk about this, uh, he said that uh, racism is the new unpardonable sin. I mean, if you're accused of racism, uh, you could lose your career. I don't care if your your kid it was, you know, the, there's a well-known soccer player recently that was, his wife tweeted something and it was kind of racist. And anyway, he was blamed for it and uh, lost his career and was forced to uh, apologize publicly and, you know, lost his job. Um, you know, things like that happen in our culture. People like, once you they put that label on you, racist, that, that's it. And I'm like, well, what about the blood of Jesus? What about if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness? And what's happening sometimes in our culture is that I'm living, living by my feelings. I walk into a restaurant, and you don't serve me right away, and I can begin to think, oh, that person's a racist. Maybe they're just a jerk. Maybe they're just, you know, busy. Maybe their mother died that morning. I don't know. But I've got to be careful that my feelings aren't dictating to me how I need to respond to people, but that I'm walking by faith, because even if that person is being rude to me or whatever, you know, uh, the Bible says my response, if I'm a believer in Jesus, is to overcome evil with good. And so I, I can't let my feelings you know, dictate to me, because if I, if I feel someone's a racist, then guess what? You're a racist. Now, you may be having a bad day or whatever, but if I feel you're being a racist, so I shouldn't be able to do that because I don't know your heart, and only right. God knows the heart. And my own heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. So who am I to judge another man's heart? So I have to be careful that, you know what, I'm, just because I feel something doesn't mean that somebody may be racist. Uh, so Again, as a believer, I'm speaking as a kingdom man, a believer. Uh, I don't live by my feelings. I live by faith in God's Word. That's why I say I can do all things through Christ. And regardless of what people do to me, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And and we add to that, that emotional response, because we all have emotions. We all have our emotions pricked. We have our own personal biases. We have the way we were raised. We have all of that. And and I would even add, in being careful with your emotions, I shared this on Sunday too. I said, look— be careful that you don't respond in emotion. And that's what social media has been doing. Like it is, exactly. it's a free for all of, of really this divisive destruction of each other. And it seems to be increasing all the more because you're doing it with a screen, yeah. you know, you're doing it with a keyboard right. and forgetting that there are people on the other side. We're talking about lives yeah. and souls and eternity here. Right, right. People, I mean, people lost their careers or jobs or whatever, you know, just, I mean, just by somebody saying, I feel that this person is racist. And then I put the label on you, slap that, that tag on you, and, and you're done. I mean, that's the unpardonable sin, but I'm saying that, that's not consistent with Scripture. You know, all sin's forgivable. He's able, the Lord's willing to forgive us. So, uh, yeah, it, and, and your emotions may be real to you, but again, uh, we live in a society where perception is reality. So, if, if uh, people perceive you to be one way, then, then that's the way you are. No matter what defense or facts you may bring to bear, uh, they've already written you off. And, and you can solve nothing, your marriage or anything else, problems in your marriage or anything else, if you're living by feelings. I, I think you've done a great job through this whole entire program, uh, adding, a, adding an ingredient and reminding us of the basis and the essence of the gospel and, and, a, and something that you, you've articulated very well, something I've been, I've been saying uh, and trying to develop, and that is that it's okay 
to believe two things at the same time. Uh, it's okay to believe three things at the same time. It's okay to believe right. um, that black people matter. Uh, it's okay to believe Absolutely. that uh, police officers are valuable. Uh, it, it's okay yes. to believe that rioting is wrong and protesting is good. Like, but but there's there's a word that you that that you describe. There's a word that our culture describes. It's called we're living in a cancel culture. So that right. instead of working with you, instead of talking, instead of learning how to disagree, if you cross the line, you're just canceled. Yeah. Your life is canceled out, and you're right. done. And that is not yeah. what Jesus. He Jesus does the exact opposite. Uh, he brings right. life to those that have been canceled out by everyone else. He went to the lost. Right. He went to the sick. He he said he said that the 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 people that are well don't need a doctor. It's the people that are sick that need a doctor. And exactly. I've come to seek right. and save the lost. Well, we we live like you said a cancel culture that that says you're not worth worth it. You're not worthy enough. You're not cool enough. Whatever. So we're going to write you off and. And I, you know, it's, it's that, that's where we are today. But I would just say this lastly, just, uh, you know, the, the, uh, when we see racism as a response as a church, uh, we should confront it, uh, especially, you know, in, in the house of God. And, uh, you know, Paul saw that in Peter and he rebuked him. You know, he said, I withstood him to his face. See, that's, that's another thing. We can't just ignore, go to that person. You know, Matthew 18, go to your brother or whatever, but we have to do that. But the other thing is understanding, look, you know, uh, my people, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm a black man. I love my culture. I love my people. I, I, you know, but my people uh, in Christ is everyone, Jesus said, who hears my word and does it. He said, my mother, is just, you, know, you know the story. They came and said, your mother and brother are here to see you. Uh, your brothers are here to see you. And Jesus said, who are my mother and my brothers? He said, but those who hear the word of God and do it, that's our our kingdom. That's that those are the people of God. That's who are my real brothers and sisters, those who are in Christ. What color is that? That's not a color. That's some that that is obedience to God's word, people who are kingdom-minded who are walking with the Lord. And so God showed me that many years ago, that th- this is your people. Yeah, don't, you know, I'm proud of my ethnicity, but these are your people, those who hear my word and who obey my word. And, and that has no color attached to it. Yeah, that new identity. We are new creations in Christ. Well, thanks for investing your time with us today, Al. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you hey. so much for your friendship, man. We'll talk soon. All right, bro. God All right, bless. bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. You're listening to this on a podcast. And I just want to thank you uh, for your patience and for your your desire to learn and to, to hear. Uh, so far, we've done four of these, and they've been four very different perspectives. And I have not only learned a lot, I have a lot to learn. Because uh, I'm looking at my life, and I'm, I'm sure you're looking at your life, and you're wanting to make a difference. And it's easy to get caught up in the culture. It's easy to get caught up in the anger or the hurt, uh, especially if you're an emotional person. If you're more of a black or white person uh, where you just see things in those kind of contrasts, then this this doesn't affect you that much. But many that live in the more of a gray area or live in their emotions, it does affect. And and I, I as I look at my life and as I continue to get older, uh, I, I want to be effective. I want to be used by God. I want to make a difference. I want to value the humanity. Uh, I remember I'm, I'm not a black man and I'm not a black pastor. And I, I grew up in a different culture, a different, I grew up in a low, a middle to low income area 
that was predominantly Mexican, um, south of East Los Angeles. And I was, uh, I grew up in, in a culture in that my, you know, the street that I lived on was, was populated with these huge apartment buildings and, and all, a lot of the uh, gangs live there. I grew up in that. And then I got involved in alcohol and drugs and I got in trouble and I got, I, I have my own perspective, right? But I also have my own salvation story. And for that, I'm grateful because it changed everything. And it changed the whole trajectory of my life. And as I'm listening to Al, I'm reminded for us today, listen, God has changed the trajectory of your life. And you have, we have one cause. It's the cause of Jesus Christ. It is his gospel to go forward. We don't wave um, the banners of, of politics or we don't wave the banners of opinions. Uh, we yield ourselves. And like Jesus said, you want to follow me? We have to deny ourselves. And and I think God is calling us to a greater self-denial so that we can be greater servants to one another. Uh, and right now, uh, the, the black community is hurting, and we need to hurt with those that hurt. And there are other communities that are hurting. There, like I said, there's, there's abortion, there is sex trafficking, there is poverty. There's so many things that you could say that the gospel is very social. We don't preach a social gospel. We preach a gospel that ministers socially. We, we preach a gospel that changes lives from the inside out, that meets the needs of the poor, that speaks up for those that have no voice. And, and I'm looking forward uh, to more conversations. I'm looking forward to learning. I'm looking forward to you, to hearing your testimonies. And, and I realize that, you know, even some probably turn the radio off or click this off, but that's okay uh, because we're, we're here for the ones that are listening. So you guys tuned in. Praise God that you're joining us on this journey and praise God that he's going to use us he is using us and we're very excited thanks for joining me see you at church this week and we're in person go to our website calvaryco.church register and come out in person and let's worship jesus and talk about hope god bless you guys you've been listening to calvary live tune in next time for prayer and god's word